Coming up, your New Jersey Devils get off the slide by taking care of Tampa in what felt like a very much needed win. We break down Jesper Bratt's absolutely electric performance, the step-up game from some fill-in players, and ultimately with new lines across the board, what are the expectations going forward as the season winds down? Just 12 games to go. We dive in on the puck look next. Devils puck luck right here with myself, Adam Armbrecht, covering the Brooklyn Nets with the Locked On Nets, the Giants with the One Giant Podcast, and your New Jersey Devils. Joined as always by my cousin and 20-year season ticket holder, Danny McDonough. How are you, man? Before we tap in, I always like to check in, make sure you're doing well, feeling right, feeling strong. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good. It's uh, It's been a tenuous, tenuous, tenuous week with the Devils. Scary week with the Devils. I, I don't know about you, but I was a little nervous going into uh, Sunday night's game against Tampa. I was, uh, I, I didn't want to say it was a must win, sure. but it was a game that they just needed to show a lot more life throughout the prior week. Oh, of course. I mean, not for nothing. You know, you're looking there in the Canes. They have a couple games in hand right mm-hmm. now, but you're trying to chase them down maybe. And then you're, lo- you know, you're right. losing multiple games. First, three game losing streak. I mean, it's been weird. Four- yeah, the end of December. I mean, good Lord. And then on top of that, we never say the name in full, but the New York R's or R's are over there, you know, shutting people out and really just putting a little bit of pressure on it. People to, you know, Devils fans, we refer to them as rags sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, I don't what's crazy yeah, is. I'm going to use that term. Yeah, no. But, but how are you, Adam? What's going on? What's new? What's exciting? I'll tell you what, man, I froze my butt off um, on Saturday night seeing a Red Bulls game mm. where they finally got their first win of the season. And that was fun, though. And I was happy had... for you with that because uh, yeah. I know you've been pretty stressed out that uh, they weren't scoring goals in the beginning uh, of the season. Well, so. that's what they call They suck. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there was that in the St. Patrick's Day. Obviously, big weekend for everybody. Devils were wearing their St. Patrick's Day warm-ups over yeah. the weekend, too. So, all good things, man. Nothing to complain about. Um, my personal life is none of your concern, quite frankly. <laughs> but um, coming into this game, uh, the Tampa game, before we're going to talk kind of globally about this team and where they are right now, and obviously a great 5-2 win. But coming into it, we've discussed so much about maybe wanting Ruff to be consistent and mm. stick with these lines and not right. mix things up. And then he mixes them all up. Yeah. Before uh, you saw the results, where where were you mentally? On, after a three-game losing streak, I guess at some point I, you say, try something. But Yeah, I get it. Let's go back to the Tampa game, you know, the second Tampa game, basically, where Timo scored a couple goals. You know, we got back into it, lost in a shootout. Right. Good rhythm. Yeah, yeah that's know, true. Yeah. It, it was some tough breaks. Florida game, we were playing great, and then we got bad puck luck, you know, for two of the Florida goals. Akir Schmidt was playing phenomenal. And I think Lindy Ruff said too in his um in his post game, it's like it's embarrassed for the goaltending, you know, yeah. is the fact that he played so well and we still wound up losing. We had defensive breakdowns later in that game. Going back to your question with the lines, I'm feeling that Lindy Ruff is gonna do this probably until the last four or five games of the season to hopefully solidify. Well, well there's only 12 left. So I, mean, I know <laughs> that that's the thing that's weird, right? It's like, you know, and Amanda Stein too, obviously, everybody knows who she is as as Devils fans. You can't even consider these like the top three lines, right? You have to consider not just like line one, line two, line three. This is like a 1A, 1B, 1C. Sure. You know, because I feel like all these lines have incredible scores 
everybody's going to score goals on these lines. And it's trying to find that that cohesiveness to put a solid three-period game together. You know, yeah. that's what we're concerned about. I liked actually seeing Palat up on that second line, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, and we saw the the great things that he was able to do. He had great games, even though he wasn't on the score sheet yeah. as much as we like. He had some great games. Same with Tuna, same with Tatar, um, you know, with that line, the first line sticking together. But let me ask you, as as a Devils fan who's gotten a lot more into it this season, I think yeah. we could say, right? Do you see this being troubling moving forward going into the playoffs with the line juggling? Or do you like it because now, especially with the three-game losing streak and, and winning last uh, on Sunday night, do you think it's a good thing for this team? Well, see, here's what I think it ends up give, affording you is even if it comes in a loss or if you have a good period, but you end up like against, you know, Florida feels like you maybe could have, should have, whatever. Mm-hmm. Even in losses, if you get a good sample size of combinations, it means you have something that you can go to. Because the one thing that we do know is that even in the um, the most used hierarchy of these lines, they've had bad stretches. Right. Hughes has struggled. He's not performing at his best. He's getting, he's getting back back on track. He's certainly been performing better of late, and that's almost you know in spite of losses, so you right. feel good about that. But I think you'd like to be able to say, if you're, if you're Coach Ruff, you want to say, we get down 1-0 in a series. Did I not like what I got from lines two and three? Okay, let's shuffle a couple of bodies up mm-hmm. and know that even the guys you're going to have to send down can view it as not necessarily a demotion, but an opportunity to have success with a different combination. Right. So, I, I, you know, I, I think in a perfect world, you'd like it to be one, two, three, and four, and just yeah. know what know what you're going in with. But when you bring in a, a, a trade like that, and maybe unlike, let's use the rags as the example, when you bring in a player like Kane, you know, He's been in the league for so long. You know exactly what he is. Mm-hmm. He has such a level of experience. Timo's not new to the league, but this team is young, the Devils. Right. So the adjustment, I think, is going to be a little bit steeper for them than it is for other teams when they make those de- deals right the deadline. Yeah, I agree. I think the I think the top line is going to stay together. I think we've kind of seen that consistency with Lindy Ruff. Um, I think that you're going to see the, the juggling of the second and third line. And it goes back to exactly what you're saying. I think that it makes it more the 1A, 1B, 1C types of lines that yeah. – you're going to adjust on the fly. So Devils fans, get used to this for the rest <laughs> well, yeah, of the year. Well, yeah, I guess that'd be the big thing. Yeah, this is going to keep happening. And as much as I hate to say it, the Smith and Ball rotation is going to continue to happen. I want to see Kevin Ball consistently. Adam and I were talking before we started recording. I, th- I think it's just going to continue to happen. I think you're going to see the rotation, getting the veteran guy in there, you know, and and trying to teach Kevin Ball a little bit more, you know, yeah. about his his mistakes. And he's going to sit certain games. Um, it's too deep into the season to think that you're going to get away from that. You know, right. So you expect it to me. uh, Let me ask you a question. Would you rather have Kevin Ball in the playoffs or Brandon Smith starting game one in a best of seven series? No, I'm 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 I I always want to lean to the guy, not just hot hand, but the guy that I think has like an untapped upside. Right. So I would want to go with Ball. Agreed. Uh, Brandon Smith has had some good moments defensively, too, in the last few games he's played. Taking penalties, of course. Um, we know that he takes penalties. We Wood just isn't know gonna it's gonna be happen. available to take penalties, yeah. but someone's gotta step up. Well, and, you know, and, that's the funny thing though. They always say someone's gotta step up when a guy goes down, but they always need to clarify, not in every single category. Yeah, I also want to see uh Timo to stop taking penalties. It's he made a slashing call, a slashing penalty against Tampa that and like he looked on the bench, he was like, Well, it was me. I was at the game, I was at the game with Julie that night, and it was a blatant and uh, great seats. Thank you again to my rep. Um, it was a blatant slash. You know yeah. what I mean? It was just a blatant slash. And and these like mindless penalties just need to stop happening. It, it's bonehead plays. 
that you know that the refs are going to call, especially we've seen it. And I know you were joking with me because I was on Twitter and I was saying that uh, every single game we play the Lightning and every single game we play Toronto, those borderline calls, it seems, are going against us. So if we know what's going to happen, especially against those teams, those veteran teams, we're we're probably getting a little bit screwed by the refs here and there. I think it all comes back tenfold, though. I think it kind of balances itself out. Just be more... Be more conscious oh, yeah, yeah. of what you're but, doing, you know? I, and that the, the point being is, like, be cognizant of it. And by yeah. the way, you want to play smart hockey all the time for sure. There were some nice things I thought from Timo um, in this last Tampa game as well, even when not on the score sheet. And, and, you know, you can say that this is trying to find something nice to say when he's having off nights or when he's scoring, you know, scoring goals in games you end up losing in overtime and shootouts. Right. Um, but he was in front of the net on, on a lot of the goals that got scored there. He was putting some interference in, in, front, of, in front of the goalkeeper there. Goalkeeper, goaltender, sorry. Soccer on the brain, on the brain. Goalkeeper's um, okay, but you know, and so you, you try to look at those things as being the culmination of what you want this player to do, and part of that is not taking dumb penalties. Sure. And you know, there's a frustration piece there. I think sometimes when you see a player react that way, looking at the bench, being like, ah, there's even more. It's more of a like me again, as in like I I did it again. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm compounding my play or my struggle yeah. or trying to adjust by making that by making that mistake. Um, you know. What feels like very consistent. We said this before the couple of big games for him. Every game, yeah. At some point, he's like, ha, 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 me, "Give me one of those." I, I think that uh, my concern right now is seeing the Devils play some of these veteran teams that are a little more physical and a little smarter with their play. And a lot of people don't realize a Tampa Bay Lightning team—they're clogging the neutral zone against the Devils. Yeah. So you talk about a neutral zone type trap. That's what Tampa is going to do against the Devils because they're going to eliminate their speed. They're going to play between the blue lines, and they're going to make the ice a lot shorter for the Devils. I'm slightly uh, ahead of you if you're over on YouTube. My head looks enormous compared to Dan's right now, but I do agree Wait a with you. Is it because I'm sitting back? Maybe right. like yeah, it, it's no. That that you just matters. have a bigger head than me. Dude. Well, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but I do, I do, I do agree with you. Um, the veteran team piece, which I want to circle back to that at the end of the episode. Sure. We just think about going forward here. Twelve yeah. games to play, and some of the things that are going to come up in this particular Tampa game. Um. Just to round it out, because it was, it ends up it ends up being a great game. And unlike other games where I feel like as things are unfolding for the Devils or falling apart for the Devils, you can see it coming. Like you have that sense of they're not skating well, they're getting beat to loose pucks, they're turning it over in the neutral zone, right? All the tenants of the games when they struggled. This one comes at least early. So Dougie Hamilton playing aggressive, can't quite, hey, look, <laughs> bring right. that one right back. Um, playing aggressive, ends up taking the early penalty, right. leads to the Kucherov goal. Right. Um, but in spite of that, the Devils were, they were responding well to a three-game losing streak. Yes. They came out and were the yes. more dominant team, the more controlling team. Yes. And that at least had a sense of, and you were there in real time, it had a sense of, or did it have a sense of, they're going to they're gonna break through. They're going to get back in this one. Or... Mm-hmm. Were you a little bit of okay? We're we're outplaying them, we're outskating them, and we could still end up losing three games to this team in the matter of a week. You know what it is? It's it's a lot of it is puck luck. The reason why we called this podcast puck luck because That's so right. much plays into it with all these games. We were playing extremely well. I was confident. I felt confident we were going to come back. We okay. were skating well. The Florida game, I was nervous. Sure, we were up. We were up two nothing, and we gave up that lead. The reason why we gave up that lead, we were not physical again. Florida's a team. They're going to throw their weight around. They're going to be physical with you. They're going to get into scrums with you. We did not respond the right way against the Panthers, and that's why we lost that game. With Tampa, I thought we were responding the right way Sunday night yeah. in the win. I thought that we were still staying to our game, playing the game that we want to play. We saw players that really, really deserved 
to get what they were on the score sheet with Brad. Yeah. Obviously, we'll yeah. talk about in a minute. But more importantly, players like you said, Palat, you know, who might not necessarily be showing up with the two goals, one assist, but he was strong on the boards. He was great in the neutral zone. He was really, really good with his forecheck. And Tuna's another player, too. So, yeah, I had them circled, both Tatar and Palat, obviously, mm -hmm. um, in that mid first shift. And that was really a part of it, too. The Devils are down, but it, it was an immediate response following the goal. They right. were more dominant. They were getting those neutral. And by the way, to me, I'll say, and we've talked about this a lot, but the neutral zone. Mm -hmm. for the devils it's important for every team sure but if you want to like get the temperature of where the game is going for the devils yes. how they perform in the neutral zone going both ways how they perform yes. defensively when they make the choice to pinch when they make the choice we talk about hughes a lot but just the passing inside of that yeah. neutral zone how they perform and what their intention is around that zone has become so critical to yeah them. That, that to me is like a big barometer on a given night even yeah. if they're losing yeah 100 you hit it on the head and and that to me is where our concern is going to be in the playoffs right it's going to be these veteran teams they're going to be stymie on defense in the neutral zone against us. And it's really how we dump the puck into the zone, yep. forecheck really well, puck possession, smart, simplistic passing like we always talk about. And you see it with Tampa. We're going we're gonna to struggle against teams like Tampa and Boston, I think, right now. We obviously can beat them in a seven-game series. We can beat anybody, in my opinion, in a seven-game series. But those are the things that we want to improve on, you know, and see the maturation of the young players and this young core um, is really going to be great moving forward. Other things that I just want to bring up about this game, and I do mm -hmm. obviously, we're, we're, it's so funny to try to do the both and watching a young team develop and then yeah. also saying we have 12 games before the playoffs and we want to win and sure. we don't want to go up against the Rangers or whoever we're going to take on and feel like you're still trying to figure things out. Um, I thought McLeod, I thought Sharon mm -hmm. Govich, they had a great opportunity. They, they played mm -hmm. really well off of one another. Sharon Govich just loses control of the puck in the zone there. Mm -hmm. Ball had a couple of nice chances as well. Like it, that, that was one of those things. Don't touch my cards, please. You see what happens? God, <laughs> God I saved the explicit tag. Could have been an eyeball for crying out loud. Uh, that would have been bad. Um, but I, I just, I, I thought that they both played uh, really, I, mean, I think everybody played well. Yeah, I mean, you'd too. be hard-pressed to pick out someone. There's always in a game. I mean, one's I not on the ice, so it's easy. You can't say anything. <laughs> Smith didn't play this game, so you can't say him. I don't right? think Graves had necessarily the best. Oh, by games, the way, yeah. though, I didn't write it down, but he did have. Um, it's the second goal. Oh, I, yeah, I did write it down. Did right? I had it in here. Uh, um, he had the lackadaisical kind of puck clearance. I wouldn't even call it a yeah. puck clearance. It was more like a soft pass to the Lightning, and then they worked. And that's going to happen. And, yeah. and Severson going down it's a little a bad too sequence, early. Yeah. yeah, Severson going down a little too early. I, I think that yes, on the block, it was like. Yeah, it was, and by the way, like a nice little, you know, it's a good hold on the puck to force yes. the defender to make defense make a choice. And also, what I think is great yeah. is that our offensive core had a better defensive type of game that they were really being more defensively responsible yeah. when some of our defenders had a couple little lapses in the defensive zone. So that's me. That's me is a plus. You know, that's what we've been talking about for the last three, four weeks. The fact that we really want to see our offensive guys be defensively responsible. I think we saw that yeah. you're going to have those little turnovers. It's going to happen. You know, it's giveaways are part of the game. You know, it's really how you respond after the giveaways. All right, so before we turn our attention then to the guy that that had the game of his season so yeah. far, Jesper Bratt, and obviously the great performance, let's kick that off by playing a little game of, if not <laughs> hockey. You can see his big, bright face there if you're watching over on YouTube. Jesper Bratt, we did this before with Timo Meyer, with Lazar. Kind of shame on us for even bringing uh, Lazar into the fold here before he's like really yeah. given a sample size. But if you get over on YouTube, you can see it. There's that big, beautiful face. Danny, if not hockey, what would Jesper Bratt be this doing? This is a tough time? one. This is actually You always put me on a spot with these. Yeah. I'm going to go with the GC. I think he's going to be a general contractor. He's going to be in charge of some jobs. He's going to have some guys. 
just got that kind of face. You know, he's like, go do this, go do this, go do this, kind of delegate, you know? Yeah, I apologize. We we're going for neck model. Neck model Wait, is what we're going for back on YouTube. <laughs> Look at that great extension. If he goes side profile, I'm talking about someone you could put maybe a chain around there. Yeah, that's, maybe some type of maybe even. And I don't even want to say because we usually go pretty definitive on these. You want to tell me that he does uh, YouTube demos for how to tie a tie, a wings or not, right? There's a lot of options out there, but neck model. That's is a good one. What about consultant? He looks like he'd be a good consultant. Okay, I said neck model name, so we're going to go ahead and stick with it and kind of respect the process because I do a lot of research on these. Now, in that second period, the Devils at one point were 10 shots to two uh, over top of Tampa Bay. Um, both of the first two goals, and then I'll let you take it away on the third goal and everything that, that, that you liked about Brat's game. Both of the first two goals, though, I thought were just an incredible um, – display of patience and execution right sure. first goal he comes down into the attacking zone head up looking like he's surveying waiting to make the pass and then you see that burst of speed right yeah, almost loses it going going across the yeah, front yeah but puts that one away second one same thing what, just what did you like about those sequences from brat yeah. why did it why was he so effective in this game mm -hmm. you go back even over the last few and waiting for someone to kind of mm -hmm. take that lead one word vision his vision of the ice was absolutely phenomenal in this game against the lightning skated in the open areas you know he he was smart with the puck and he took the shots man he took the shots didn't think about Fucking it all the time yeah. you know he took the shots and that's what you need to do and i feel like he was exposing vasilesi a little bit too for the lightning and i feel like he had an idea of what he wanted to do when he was going to shoot the puck you know especially on that second goal that he had so you know yeah for what me a little, it's, it's a wrister but what a little flick right and yeah. he just waited for the congestion to be there but yes. but understanding you know it's funny that second one when i think back to it it's 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 a little wrist shot, mm -hmm. so you know it. You can't go through traffic on those in the same right. way that you do when you put it with pace and you think, hey, a slap shot is going to catch a body and go through. You're, you're kind of trying to find the pocket right. on that, and you really executed great on that one as well. Sneaky shot. You know, it was, a, it was extremely sneaky shot, and I think that uh, I don't think anybody was expecting to shoot in that moment. Right. So especially on the second goal. So it, it's little things like that. It's it's the vision of the ice and knowing where he is and knowing to take the shot. And he was feeling it. You know, he was confident. Yeah which was great. And obviously the third goal being the empty netter to get the hat trick. Awesome. But at the end of the day, it's, he has his hat trick. He has 30 goals on the year. So now we have three players with 30 plus goals. That's nice. Also is a hundredth NHL goal. So uh, hats wow. off to yeah, Jesper I, Brad. I forgot yeah. about that one in my notes. Um, before we get into some lines, some players, some other things we can carry forward, puck luck moment of the night, new feature for the podcast. Oh, let's go. Devils are up three, two. Mm-hmm. And what was called a goal on the ice. Yeah. And by the eye test, I think everyone assumed it was when you want some puck luck, it is just VTech gets kind of blocked by his own defenseman as well, rattles off the post and somehow goes directly behind him, comes out, and then the follow-up rebound just is just off the edge where he can't get the right angle there. I was scared. Yeah, I was uh, I was scared. But that is the puck luck. You know, it's uh, but can I ask you a question? Sure. I, I know that you're a little uh you don't agree with me on this. All right. I thought the refs were absolutely atrocious against every time the Devils have played the Lightning in the last three times they played. Sure. They have been terrible. And I'm not just saying calls against us. Right. Just bad. That, just bad the in second general. game yeah. against the Lightning was so bad. And, and there was so many moments where you're at the game like, what? Like, how do you make that call? You know, and listen, when the Lightning took the lead 3-2 yes. in that game and we tied it, you know, we tied it 3-3 and then we went to the shootout. The penalty that against Ball wasn't really a penalty either. You know, the refs yeah. kind of made up for it, you know, and you, I want to see five on five hockey. So to the all the NHL officiating crew out there, okay. we're down. Now, yeah. We're down to a dozen games left. 
Stop the Stop the soft call. Stop the soft calls. Five on five hockey. We want to see which team is better five on five. Because right now, power play number one for the Devils, I'm a little concerned about still. But that being said, let's play some five on five hockey. It's some weak calls, some some nonsense calls. So I just want to make it clear here. Uh Devils have twelve, there's twelve games left. So 70 games in. Now you'd like to see the rest turn over to new leaf. I think here's my thing know, about man. it, man. It's just that it's not that I think refereeing can be bad, obviously, in every course, single sport yeah, across absolutely. the board. But at some point, like I, I, I just I hate it being a crutch, and I know that like Agreed. NHL fans overall, if it's a Canadian team, mm-hmm. then that's usually that's always the first one you go to, right? Sure. Canadian teams are always going to get the the favorable calls because they are the uh, the patriarch of of the hockey of the sport of hockey. Like I get it, and also just be better than it, right? So when the referees yeah. are making bad calls and you feel like you're getting screwed be up by two goals at that point or just respond well and i I, absolutely and i I also totally get your point about it i just i've always had a problem with any sport of fan base unless it unless it legitimately unless you can definitively say that my team lost 15 games this year exclusively because of the way the referees treated us and not the other team Right, and this isn't football like in the playoffs a few years back with a blatant pass interference yes. against the Saints, you know, something like that. I understand that. And yeah. listen, the Devils had a five-on-three for two minutes in that second game yes. against the Lightning and did not score. And so, I remember saying that back at that point, at the 100%, time. I was we like, were texting back and forth. We were talking, and it's like, five-on-three. No, 100%. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Score a goal. Like, that's it. Score a goal. And, and the first minute and 20 seconds of that, five-on-three, I was like, what, what is going on? Yeah. It was like the extra pass, like just sloppy play, and, and it's – it's not an excuse. We can't use it as a crutch, like you say. Officiating is going to be bad. Also. Yeah, officiating is going to be bad. At least one or two games a season, yeah. you're going to be like, oh, my God, that was the worst officiating game I've seen. We saw it against Toronto, you know, when the Devils played Toronto when they lost their losing streak. Mm-hmm. Some bad calls. But listen, overcome it. Yes, that's it. Just that's overcome it. it. Hey, you by know, the win way, games. if you're the refs, get it out of your system before the playoffs. Yeah, please. That's my uh, that's my big thing, too. One other note that I want to make here. So we have the the, the Hulla, Hughes, and Mercer line. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't even because it hasn't been the sample size we've been getting of late with them. 15 games, plus 15 on shots, plus five on goals, plus 16 on chances, 11 goals across those 15 games as well. And one of the really nice things that was brought up on the broadcast when it comes to um, the benefit for Hughes with that line mm-hmm. is having Hulla there to hopefully win some more faceoffs, right? Sure. So I just as a reminder for everybody, and I'll go to my... Yeah, and I misspoke here. too before the top line was mixed and matched. So earlier in the episode, I apologize. The top line oh, yeah. was mixed and matched. I, was, I wasn't going to bring it's it up. a brain fart because I was thinking back to the Tampa game, you know, the, the second Tampa game. It's been a minute since we talked to everybody, you know, it's That's been, true. it's been three games down. So it's, uh, I was thinking back to that Tampa game, but you know, keep going Adam. what you're saying. So I'm no, sorry. no, just 50, 55% on face-offs. Right. And then you also end up having, um, so he, uh, he shows in behind him. Obviously we know McLeod is the one mm-hmm. leading this team right now, but it's a good reminder that it allows Hughes to hopefully get more opportunities to be on the puck, win more yeah. chances in the offensive zone. And across this team right now, there's nobody else when it comes to winning face-off those top four, three players, like, that's the guys. 100%. And, and you remember that, too, you're looking down to Mercer, who, who wins 45. So you are effectively pairing, you know, Hughes with a couple of guys and getting good. good and you got to remember, too, is when Hughes was hot and he was scoring and he was had this point streak that was crazy. Hollow was his center, you know, and he was yeah. making plays with them. So I think that Ruff is going to try things like this out. I think a lot of this is to get that spark back in Jack. I really do. I think a lot of these lines are going to be juggled because I think that everybody's talking about, well, Jack hasn't looked the same. Jack doesn't look right. Something's going on with Jack. He's not mentally there right now. Okay. He's going to be fine. This is this is being a young kid 
with the grueling, we talk about this all the time, the mental factor of the season. He's going to be all right. I think this is Lindy really trying to get an idea of what he needs to do to get everything mm-hmm. he needs to out of Jack. And, and I'm good with that line. Yeah, I, I, again, it, it, you keep trying it until something comes to fruition. And by the way, some mm-hmm. of these combinations are unlocking your secondary players. Right? Yeah, that's absolutely. Where do you put uh, quickly before we talk about another player that made it uh, that stepped up here in this game as well? Lazar um, was out. Wood, Bastion still still mm-hmm. out for the team, so you needed some um, some fill-ins there. Where is Jesper Bratt for you in the hierarchy of mm-hmm. of players for this team? Because now, when you think about spreading these guys out across mm-hmm. lines if 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 the complement is there for them well now we can be dangerous threefold as opposed to maybe feeling like you want to stay your first two lines and we and we know the third line has been excellent obviously sure. the w line but just trying to find ways to make sure that the threat remains consistent throughout rather than the approach that maybe has been failing hughes at times mm-hmm. we need our first two lines to be executing at a high level and then we'll build from there and behind them there's even a third line now it's crazy with everything going on right that's like the, I, yeah. the Palat line and that was, you know, with Hala and it's, it's And you're tough, trusting right? Palat, you're trusting certain guys to say, hey, we. we yeah, and to answer your you question, it's, you know, we talk about the future, right? A lot with this team. We talk yeah. about who's going to get signed in the offseason and that the negotiations for Brad are still going on for his extension and talking about Timo being extended. I, I think, I'll be honest with you, I think the same thing with, that was happening with Jack is happening with Brad. I think that just thinking about the extension, maybe thinking about a new contract, he was pressing a little bit. He oh, could have. Yeah. And maybe getting out of, you know, this little funk, we'll call it, you know, because he hasn't had as many points as he, you know, has he should have, yeah. let's say, you know, getting this hat trick, I, I think can help get him out of his funk. Brad and Timo are vital pieces to this team moving forward. And I really want the Devils to sign both just to get that out there. I think that they are part of your core. I think what the Devils want to build and how they want to build it, those two players are part of your core. core. And the fact that the NHL cap, you know, we're going to get a little bit extra money on that cap. Yeah. You can you can sign those players. You know, you can sign those players. But to answer your question, I think they're of equal importance. Okay. I really do. I, yeah. I think they're right there with each other. I think they're of equal importance. Same with Jack. Same with Nico. Because you, you at times feel like, um, you, you bring up Nico, do you at times feel like, Jack has like he's being presented as like the diamond as in he's going to the expectation is he will become one of the top you know x players in the league sure he will be the absolute dominant force with consistency whereas a lot of times when I look at this team I think about being like uh, we got you need to have a nice full complement of, of talented players and they have them and they all need to be coming up together at the same time and that includes Timo now when we get to the offseason and contracts etc like you want this to be a wave you don't want yeah. to be and putting the weight on this one particular very young player incredibly talented sure. player probably has the ceiling that's untapped and we're going to yeah. love to see it and also it's like he can he can also be one of your top guys not the top guy that that's the big thing right it, it's Look at it like this, right? I, I think I've told you my favorite New Jersey Devil right now is Nico Heischer. The reason why yeah. he's an amazing two-way player, you know, oh, well, and that's what you want too in these yeah, guys. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is Jack and Jesper both need to develop into that two-way player. Mm. You know, Nico can do everything. Nico can be on the penalty kill, the power play. He's going to be on your top line. He's under the radar. Has thirty goals this year. Who are your top three players on the Devils right now? Like my favorite players, no, performance-wise, no, no. or just who? Who, who, are, who are your top? You mean your top three players on the team? Nico Heischer. Yeah. Jonas Siegenthaler, oh. I think, is one of the most underrated NHL defensemen in the league. Okay. And John Marino. Those, to me, are... Th- Those are good check-ins. Those are good yeah, check-ins. Yeah, they are. My like favorite players that I love to watch yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I love watching Jack Hughes. Sure, I, sure. I think everybody, you know, across NHL fan base does. I love watching Timo Meyer, his physicality. I yeah. love it. I love watching Palat just for that veteran experience yeah. and to really do the things that a lot of hockey players, a lot of fans of hockey players don't realize are important, like being tough on the puck, being great on the boards, being great in the neutral zone. I, I love watching players like that. Talked about that with uh, Neil from Devil's State of Mind. You mm-hmm. can check out that, that episode on the podcast feed and on YouTube where we mm-hmm. did a little bit of like the past, the present, yeah. the future, and even the off. He said the offseason, that Palat pickup was so huge because you need veteran experience. But when you ask about three players and none of the guys you named there were Hughes, were Meyer, were Brat. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, just to my point about what you want to develop with this team overall. Yeah, and the veteran experience, right, is is you want those veteran guys to basically be the people that, you know, the younger kids are leaning on. And I think, you know, basically having that Andre Palat there going into the playoffs is lean on him, man. And by the way, bravo to Tampa for that great, great video they did before the game to honor Palat. was was absolutely incredible, too. I don't know. You saw it, right? It, It was absolutely incredible. Definitely like heartwarming, very touching, and and bravo to Tampa organization for doing that. One of my favorite things about um, hockey in general is usually like the fans and mm-hmm. the players. There yeah. seems to be a very um, you know community kind of or respect, or respect yeah, yeah. across the league. Yeah, I was gonna say community kind of energy. But respect sounds better. I'll, I'll move on then. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, one last thing we want to do here, as we've been talking about, there are tickets on the line. Yes, a giveaway coming from Danny, who has season tickets, as mm-hmm. we know. Choice. You're going to be your choice of where you want to sit in the arena, but you have to have all the key words. This is our final word? This is the final one. This is the fifth word. Five. Fifth and Everybody's final. also saying they want to sit downstairs in corner, so please, if you want them, you there have you your go. choice. So. Here's the deal. This is the final word. We told this last episode. Cannot have been messaging Danny on on Instagram or on social media. A lot of people doing it the out words there. as they've been given out. While that's still great that you're tracking <laughs> them and you can just check your messages. Now we need the full <laughs> string of all five words, and that would be the way to get off on a good foot if you want to get those tickets. Foot is our word of the night. Had to step up. A lot of guys out looking for fill-ins. This is um, always an opportunity, especially late in the season. Yeah. Put a good, I'll do it one more time, good foot forward, but step up and play well too, right? This is a good look at at what the Devils have in terms of depth. I'm just hearing you say good foot forward like that. It's, <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. All right, right. we're going to get out of here, folks. <laughs> Thanks for coming by. No, you're absolutely right. Listen, and scoring against his uh, former team there, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So yeah. getting that fourth goal against uh, the Lightning was definitely a great insurance goal, an important yeah. insurance goal, obviously. Um, but he played great. You know, he not just getting on the, the score sheet, but he played great against the boards. He was physical. You know, he knew where to be. You know, obviously defensive responsibility is something we always talk about. And when you're put on a fourth line, all the coaching staff wants you go out there, be physical, forecheck, control the puck, yep. simplify your passing, but most importantly, don't make mistakes. You know, and yeah. and that's something that you could say that that really did. And I was very happy with Sharon Govich too, you know, down the last couple of games. He's been playing a lot better and I know that a lot of fans were on him because of his offensive production was not there at all. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to see little sparks about, you know, with the things that he can do. So, you know, I hope moving forward, there's a place for him on his team. There's a little weird, um, I think down the stretch here, as I say weird, but just, I think what'll be interesting to do his last 12 games is maybe as we look towards the playoffs and say like, who's the surprising guy, Mm -hmm. right? Or who's the player that you think maybe gets an opportunity that you wouldn't be expecting. And and I think there is this room, especially in, in the defensive area, Sure. For someone to step up and maybe take over a role or or elevate themselves inside of these rotations, certainly. So that'll be fun to watch for too. I'm not I'm not, I'm not putting I'm not throwing Foot's hat in the ring here, but when you got no, guys injured and guys in and out of the lineup, you depth. just need to fill in. Right. We talk about depth, depth all the time, you know. And now we got some guys banged up and injured. So 
you know, it, and the great thing is the competition going into the playoffs is who is going to be on that yeah. fourth line. Are we going to see the BMW line? Is Wood going to be out for an extended period of time? You know, so it, it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen moving forward. I think that this is a blessing in disguise that some of this is happening now. Obviously, sure. you don't want it to happen right around the playoffs or in the playoffs. So the next you know dozen games are going to be fun. Next five to seven will probably be, like you said, those last five of the season. It's, it's funny, though, because you want to be able to uh, also get certain guys key rest if you want to. Sure. You may not have to press. But with the way things are in the standings, it just feels like you're going to be fighting for everything all the way through. But those last five games, yeah. you know what you have. Let me ask you a question. So oh, the next five games, right. Carolina plays the Rangers twice, mm-hmm. right, in the back-to-back. Oh, we were talking about that last time, Who too, are we yeah. rooting for here? Because we are we can win the division. We definitely can win the, the next five games. We have a little bit of an easier schedule. You know, we're playing Wild, Buffalo, Ottawa, our next three. They got Tampa to the Canes. So, I mean, there's they got a lot of tough games coming up. Let's see here. So, two games in hand for the Canes. We're mm-hmm. dead even with the Rangers. God, this is... Well, five points up, but yes. Game yeah, yeah, wise, yeah, yeah. But even in terms of games played, excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then I want the Rangers to beat the Canes and give us a shot, right? I mean, as long as you feel like it's achievable without potentially losing anything, and that's a great combination of, right? You look at the Devil's schedule, you look <laughs> at everybody else's schedule, you say, hey, what are the chances that we go on another three-game losing streak? I, I think it's Devil's just win your games. Right. You know, if you're going to lose. And then you a, look up and you see what happened, right? Yeah, and just get a point. You yeah. know, even if it means losing in a shootout, which I want to go away, no more shootouts, but, you know, wishful thinking. Um, and, you know, as far as the Rangers and Canes, just no three-point games, you know, no overtime games. So, you know, there's only two points awarded to the winning team, not three points. So, Looking one to the losing team, obviously. Yeah, yeah I hear you. <laughs> um, but, no, so, you know, the Canes, remember, uh, as you said, at the Rangers, home for the Rangers, Toronto, Bruins are going to be mixed in there, and then Tampa Bay. Now, those four games after the Rangers are all at home for them, so they should have some home ice advantage. But that's a tough slate of yeah. games for them. To Listen, get if they go one three and one in their next five, and we go three one and one, or you know four zero oh, and one, yeah, there's a great possibility that we can win this division. I think this next five is going to be the biggest stretch going into the Wild, which is tomorrow night for us. When this is released, it'll be night of, so we're going to be releasing that's this right. Tuesday. Um, they're going to be playing the Wild. It, it, this stretch is going to be absolutely incredible to see what happens, you know, yeah. and, and let's not let's not forget. Let's let's handle our business because there's a lot of things we need to clean up. Um, but to me, we can go three, one and one at minimum in these next five. Yeah. And that puts some pressure on obviously the Canes. And, yeah. and, and most importantly, getting that continuity up as you're talking about. Ultimately, coming out of that Tampa win. Remember, it is one where the Devils outshot Tampa 39-24, where they won the faceoff 62% of the time where they only had one power play opportunity to four and still came out with Dominant. a five two victory. One thing I would like to see them do is put more pressure on the opponent, get some of those yes. penalties, because even though we were, we're concerned about PP one, you got to get samples. You got to yeah, keep trying to. to get better at that and see what you can do to be successful. Because when those opportunities come in the playoffs, that's going to be Absolutely. down in a game, get yourself back in it up in a game, start to try to bury a team. So, you know, those moments have been frustrating to this point, but I want to see the Devils continue to build off. Yeah, we talked about special teams. You know, we've been texting back and forth a lot this last week about yeah. uh, special teams. You know, uh, it's it's the worst feeling when you're giving They're not up so special teams. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst feeling when you're giving up shorthanded goals. You know, and we've seen a few um, the last week. So yeah, you know, it, it's yeah. really just being smart. And again, that goes back to Timo being new on the PP one. So you know, let, we're giving it. We gave it time, right? We gave it time. We said let's let's give him a little time to develop. Yes. Let's figure it out. I think Timo has had enough time to develop with this team where he knows the players on different line combinations 
where it's now we can't use the excuse. It's oh, he's not really. Oh, no. Yeah, we're yeah. here now. Yeah. 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 yeah I think we're, we're here. here. I think we're yes. here right now. You yes. know, I think it took some time, but yes. I think we're here right now. And and listen, it's the more reason, the more important reason of signing Brett and Timo, like we're talking about, just imagine him being able to gel with this team in the offseason as well. Yes. It's only going to get better, you yeah. know, and and not looking forward too much, which we are. But, you know, focusing on this season now, the last dozen games, I think it's just a matter of the 1A, 1B and 1C lines. Let's see what everybody can do. And, and the consistency. You can consistently find us right here on the Devil's Puck Luck podcast, on YouTube, on your podcast feeds as well. Continue to support us as we continue to grow this thing over on uh, social media. That's going to be at Danny the Face, at Adam Armbrecht, at uh, Devil's Puck Luck over on IG, at NJ Devil's PL on Twitter. It's stall. There's it's a lot a, going on. It's a cacophony. It's a papoose of opportunities to communicate and interact with us. And obviously, uh, get out there, man. Any social platform you want, YouTube included, five key words, and you're going to that game. Sounds like it's going to be lower bowl for, for whoever yeah, everybody, wins. Everybody them. keeps asking me, like, oh, I want lower bowl. And, and, I, and I appreciate that because a lot of people who don't go to a lot of games, you know, have been hitting us There's up. A vibe down there. Yeah, and it's a faster yeah. game down there. It's definitely louder, too, you know, for – for the rock, but you know, I think that you know, the last 12 games, I think the uh Prudential Center is gonna be really hopping over there. We will give a shout out to whoever wins that, obviously, on our next episode. Wild coming up. Let's get back in the action here. And frankly, let's make sure that just like on the ice, we always keep things gravy. <laughs>